Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's a beautiful morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, Super Producer Brandon Newman and my dad, Mike Golick Sr. And, Dad, we have made it. We have been delivered from evil. The NBA Finals are here. We actually have sports back tonight. So I, I wanted to ask you, because I can't answer this, you can. Uh, different sport, obviously, and different way to win a championship. This is a series, potential seven-game series, obviously. Football is one game, one and done in the NFL, obviously through the playoffs. And then in college, you know, you had the, the four-team uh, playoff. And before that, you know, you had the two teams that played for the BCS title, which you did against Alabama in 2012 season. The game was in 2013. So 
I'm asking you because I can't answer this. You're getting ready for this game. How different is it than any other game as far as how you prepared for it? And and I know you were a nervous guy before games, but how are all these guys feeling before, you know, the biggest series in a lot of their lives? How were you feeling before the biggest game of your life? I'd be curious how it is for basketball guys because it is so weird where you've got multiple of these, right? Like, I guess the feeling that you would have before a big football game would be similar to a game seven or an elimination game, maybe. (laughs) And also for us, college, you know, is so weird. You've got such a gulf of time or did back then between the last game of the season and the championship game. So you weren't nervous because you were so ready. You had had way too much time to prepare. It was the calmest I ever was before a football game because we had gone over the game plan over and over. We had had it set for weeks. We had done all of these things in the lead up that had me more prepared for one football game, I thought, than any other football game that I had ever played. So (laughs) I'd, I'd imagine that might be how the Nuggets feel considering they've had 10 days in between their last game and the game that they're going to play tonight so maybe it's that feeling of all right we've we've had an idea for a few days now of who our opponent's going to be and I'm sure they've scouted both of them in the lead up but you're so kind of sure of what you've got planned that now you're just ready to go turn it loose so yeah it was a weird sense of calm that quickly dissipated a quarter into that game where that calm gave way to the sinking feeling of dread so let, let me ask it this way then. So this is game one and they'll start the game. And for you, obviously the game got away from you guys, but still for you individually, when did you feel, I don't know if comfortable is the right word. When did you feel like, okay, we're just in a game now. You know, this is, this is where we started the game. I got the first hit out of the way, whatever, wherever it is for you where, okay, I've settled in just like these players tonight of when they'll feel comfortable when the game starts. First third down was always it for me. I just wanted to see what the other team's best shot was blitz wise or what the guy I was going against best pass rush move that he was going to go to on that first third down, like passing situation was going to be. That was when I kind of felt comfortable, got my pads under me, knew how I was moving and got adjusted to the game speed. Then usually got beat by somebody early on in that one and had to kind of go back (laughs) to the sideline and adjust after that. But uh, one-on-one pass protection was not your boy's specialty. Uh, But yeah, yeah, that was probably, that was probably it for me. That's where things always slowed down. But yeah, in that game, I should have known something was up because usually, and at this point in the season, everyone's creatures a habit right they're all doing the same thing that they've done adhering to all that I had thrown up before every game that I had started as a college football player as a high school football player and that national championship game against Alabama was the only game where I didn't have the ball of nerves that I needed to purge before the game I didn't puke before it and so I am blaming that not any of the things that went on with Lene Kakua for the Notre Dame loss in 2012. Did you did you see anything? I know you're saying you're so prepared. So, again, we're sitting here and talking about matchups in these games. Who's matching up with who? But you always wonder if you're going to see a wrinkle. Now, these guys have played so much, you wonder if you can even see a wrinkle anymore. But you try a wrinkle. Did you see in that game, Alabama, with all of a sudden it was like, oh, wait, they're doing something we hadn't seen? Like, in maybe this game we'll see a wrinkle of like, oh, this is something we didn't expect. 
no, we were the ones trying to do that because they were the better team. Like that's the <laughs> that was the interesting part is we had had all this window dressing stuff, some stuff we were changing formation wise, things that we were going to try and do to ultimately get to our same stuff and just make it look different. That same line everyone always uses. And CJ Mosley, who was the starting linebacker for them, called out basically everything that we were trying to do. So they were an incredibly well prepared football team, and they didn't feel like they needed to adjust all that much. What they did, Alabama defense so it's dynamic they do a lot of the same stuff and offensively everyone who saw that game there's not a lot of adjustments you need to make when you can hand the ball to Eddie Lacy and he's going to gain six yeah. seven yards a pop so they had that ability to go out and do that whereas we tried to change up some stuff so yeah and I mean that is kind of I'd imagine what we're going to see in this series with Miami yeah. defensively against Denver considering Denver's been the most potent offense in the postseason after being one of the most potent offenses in the regular season is it's going to be spoken in Miami trying stuff like that to make it work that that's it I, I guess that's where I was getting and it always comes a lot of it comes down to it doesn't matter the sport who has to make the adjustments so we yeah. all think it's going to be Miami that has to make the adjustments right because we all see Denver as the favored team here so I, I'm always interested in that it's like I'm always interested when I'm calling a game how does a team come out in the second half you know, really in any sport or in between periods in hockey, what have, what have you adjusted? What have you changed? And I think we all believe Miami is going to be the ones that have to adjust, even though they're probably happy we're all saying that because, you know, they're so underdogged in this one. But as Mike Malone said, the coach of the Nuggets, nobody's an eight seed right now. They were an eight seed. They made it to the final. So they're not an eight seed anymore. But you wonder if they're the team that's going to have to adjust. We all think they're going to have to adjust the most to what Denver is going to do. We know Miami loves to play the zone, right? We know they, they love that zone, but we also know Denver was the number two scoring team off zone during the regular season. So what? You know, it's almost like you throw your best haymaker in the boxing ring, you hit somebody, and they just kind of move their head and then look back at you like, that it? Then you go, damn, okay, what do we do now? So... You always wonder for that moment in any kind of you know sporting event. Well, that was sort of what we had in the last round for Denver eons ago when they played the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals when everyone thought, oh, well, they put Rui Hachimura on them at the end of right. that game and <clears throat> they put him on Joker and they let Anthony Davis roam. And there's some thought that maybe Miami could mix that up if you wanted to try and you know throw Kevin Love on him for some right. minutes there and let Bam Adebayo roam, even though he's probably not going to impact shots the same way because he's 6'9 and not 7 foot. But all of that, like Michael Malone openly scoffed at that notion that they had figured out some secret to stopping Nikola Jokic that not everybody else is going to be able to process. So it, it is going to be game by game that kind of adjustment in this series. And, Dad, it's so interesting. You've got two coaches that we spent so much time last round in the East focusing on the disparity between Joe Missoula, the first-time head coach, going up against Eric Spolster and everything he'd done. These two coaches that we have seem remarkably similar in what they've meant to their organization. Maybe not on the high end for Michael Malone yet, obviously, what Eric Spolster has right, done. Right. But the fact that they've been installed for a while, their organization's given them time, and they seem to have built genuine culture in a day and age in the NBA where we don't always necessarily see that. Well, yeah. I mean, we saw, obviously, you know, what Miami did when they had the big three there of LeBron and Bosh and Dwayne Wade. And, and how they've kind of morphed over the years to what we have now. What Jimmy Butler's been there, what, four years? Three conference finals and two NBA finals? It's pretty good. 
But you're you're right. I think Spolster doesn't give to the I guess to the average NBA fan doesn't get enough credit uh, for what he's done there because I think a lot of people bypass him and say it's Pat Riley, right? And they say, yeah. well, well, Pat Riley, who's been a player, who's been a great coach, who's been you know a, a great president as well. As I said, he's been part of through all those three combinations, twenty four percent of all NBA finals, which is ridiculous. So I think sometimes Spoles gets gets kind of left behind in, oh, this is more Pat Riley than Spolster. I think Spolster has proved that, you know, he is doing a hell of a job at the helm. Or, or Michael Malone, you know, I mean, he's a guy, unfortunately, like, you know, we talk about Denver or Utah or Sacramento, you know, teams when they're playing well, they're kind of the forgotten West Coast teams, you know, outside of, Everybody talking about Golden State. Everybody talking about the Lakers. People talking about the Suns. Those other teams don't get talked about. So, you know, we're, we're going to sit here and ask, who does this championship mean more to at some point? You know, Jokic already been a two-time MVP. I mean, he's proven to be the best player in the league. But as, I, as, as I've said before, in the NBA, more than any other sport, you have to, those players have to top them off with championships because it's the sport you have so much saying because you're playing on the offensive side and the defensive side you could be on the court the entire game you know if you want to be so uh that that's what makes this one interesting to me is will Denver finally get over the hump how is Malone perceived around the league as a head coach because a lot of times they live in anonymity I didn't think about factoring that into the equation the who does this mean more to idea including coaches too in this series because I, I think there's a clear-cut answer I do think it's Nikola Jokic we could talk about Jimmy Butler on yeah. the other side but I think we kind of largely feel the same way about him that we're gonna feel now overall I've heard a lot of people say that if the Heat were to win, this would be the most meaningful championship for them, right? This would be the equivalent of LeBron James going home and winning his championship yeah. in Cleveland for his career because you don't have what everyone perceives as a lock future Hall of Famer like Dwayne Wade or LeBron James and the big three on this team. And so what they would have accomplished, the road they would have gone down, absolutely, would make this one of the most impressive finals runs that we've ever seen for all the reasons that we know about this team. But I didn't think about opening that up to coaches too yeah uh, I, I yes I do think it'd be interesting for coaches again Spolster being overlooked by Riley and Malone just being undervalued because of the team uh, that he's coaching and again the big thing for Miami is the fact they'd be the only number eight seed to ever go on and win an NBA title that'd be pretty damn impressive so let's ask the question who is this going to mean more to and I think a more important general question over the top Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it. And I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road. And so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle. 
file here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. And with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. So before we get to who has the most at stake here, Dad, I want to ask the general question because we're going to hear a lot of the people coming out of the woodworks to talk about ratings and weird stuff like that. But in general, are you excited for this finals matchup this year? I I am, you know, and I get to talk about how is it going to go over nationally? You know, my God, if it were if it were the Lakers and the Celtics, I mean, just, you know, just the history of those two teams. And wow, I'm, I'm just one for. I, I'm I'm I love how teams fight their way to the finals. I love the Miami story. I love the Denver story of really kind of being pushed aside and and Jokic and everybody and how how the coaches have handled this or players Malone basically just going off on nobody knows understands what Jokic is doing and for Jimmy Butler just taking everything everybody says you know and kind of running with it. So I dig it. I I don't care. I I guess it's kind of like the the Olympic junkie in me. I don't care the sport, you know. I don't. I don't care if it's archery, whatever, the biathlon. I I watch them. I I understand the amount of work that goes into these situations to get where people are getting. So I don't care who it is. I don't care who the two teams are. It took a lot to get where where they're going. So I'll sit and watch it. I don't. I don't need the big names. I don't need the big cities. I don't need any of that. But I do understand. From a national standpoint, I would imagine the NBA would have liked to have had, you know, LeBron James and AD from the Lakers against Tatum and Brown from the Celtics, just for the sheer history of that matchup. Well, yeah, I mean, Dad, you've been covering sports for decades. They generally tend to operate better when you've got a big bad, right? When you've got a known commodity that people can work off of. It was UConn women's basketball for certain years. We had the Golden State Dynasty. We had all these things before where it's easy to be able to point and say, all right, I know what great looks like. Let me see what either, you know, another player on that level can do, whether it's a David and Goliath situation where you got someone pulling out a slingshot and trying to make it happen. Those generally tend to operate better, but I think this postseason kind of hit a perfect note because we had a lot of that element to it, right? We had plenty of big star names. We had remnants of dynasties from the past in Golden State. We had LeBron James involved for long stretches of this postseason that now we're getting to a point where maybe this can be a platform that elevates, right? Because Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat wear that franchise. We know all that. We maybe didn't expect much because of their regular season, that's a team that's got a clear identity because of Pat Riley and Spo and all the people you mentioned before. For the Nuggets and Jokic, this is really interesting and maybe gets to the who has the most to gain from this final series because I don't know if this final series and the Nuggets going out here and winning, which I think they're going to do, is really going to do a 
ton to like elevate Jokic's profile, if that makes sense, right? Just because he's not a guy that seems to want any of the off the court stuff or really want to right. engage outside of just being an incredible basketball player. I, I completely agree, but for I hate to use the word, but for his legacy, as I as I keep mentioning, sure. it's going to do a lot because of the fact that he was a two-time MVP and never put a title to it. Now he can do that. Let's be honest. If they win the title, there's a good chance he's going to be the MVP, if not maybe Murray. But, you know, you, you kind of lean toward Jokic in, in that category. So he kind of fulfilled the best player in the league prophecy of leading his team to a championship. That's what you're looking for. You know, and then Jimmy Butler... As I said, an eight seed, so they'll have the, oh my God, the first eight seed to win an NBA title. But as I mentioned, this is our second NBA Finals in Butler's four years, their third conference final. So they've been there. The, the regular season wasn't great. A little, little iffy in the play-in games. But then they played like a team we've seen over the last two years, reaching a pretty high level. We keep talking about Boston and the level that they've reached and waiting for them to get over the hump. Well, so did Miami. Three conference titles and now the second finals for Jimmy Butler. So he's trying to close the deal as well. And I wonder if more people are doing just the classic underdog rooting and saying, well, it's still the one seed from the West against the eighth seed from the East. You know, it is a David and Goliath. But as I just mentioned, Miami has been up there already the last few years. And as Jimmy Butler has said, he only cares about, you know, Mr. O'Brien, as he said, that trophy, that's it. It's the only one he cares about. And I get it. So I wonder if it's the normal David against Goliath, one seed against an eight seed now, or if we've lost all that because these aren't the star teams that we're used to seeing in the finals, you know, a Denver well, and a Miami, even though it's Miami's second time. It's weird to think, though, because Miami's got much more recent postseason high-end success yeah. to point to than this yeah. Denver team, despite the seeding next to their name. Like, Denver's on this stage for the first time and only got back to their first Western Conference Finals since the bubble. So, it... it, it I don't know if there's that dynamic here, even with what people see as the disparity yeah. between overall quality of these two teams here. It, it's so interesting, and I wonder if other people will see this, because I was trying to think of like a comp that makes sense of what Jokic getting to this stage could potentially do with his level of accomplishments. And the closest I could come up with personality-wise an accomplishment would be, this would be like if Mike Trout finally made it to the World Series, where we've yeah. all known and appreciated his standing and his greatness, but... There's a different level of exposure that comes with the amount of eyes, regardless of rating, that are going to be on these few games and how much attention we play to the postseasons in both sport, where I wonder if other people have experienced the same thing I have, Dad, where this Denver team's been fun to watch. Like, for all the talk yeah. about Jokic, who I saw uh, on Basketball Illuminati, they had one of the guys, I think it was from P3, the sports performance company, say that Nikola Jokic had the lowest vertical of any NBA player that they've ever tested. And he looks like a you know high school offensive lineman, and he's always scratched and bloody. But he's electric to watch, and Jamal Murray's always walking around with this sneer, and Michael Malone's talking junk to everyone. Like, this is actually a fun team to get to spend time with over the course of this postseason. And they play incredible basketball. And I do wonder if any of that will do numbers for their Q rating and for the way that people treat them now as they enjoy more regular season success because they've been wire to wire number one. I wonder if we're already there with them or not. I mean, the casual fan has probably been watching the playoffs. The ratings have been really, really good for this. So have they seen enough of Denver now to 
maybe understand them a little more and not be, oh, God, this Nugget team, I don't know much about them. I need to watch, which Malone keeps bringing up and saying, you know, if you people don't know what Joker can do right now, I don't know what the hell to tell you. So I wonder if we're we're finally past the, what is, who is this team? What is this team about to say, hey, this is a damn good team and this hopefully will be a good final? Oh, man, listen, you know, though, if they lost it, it would immediately default back oh. to same old nuggets. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Dad, time to put it on wax. Uh, we got to make some picks for the NBA Finals coming up here. So we'll start with that and then as a show, so me, you, and Brandon are going to get on and we're going to build out a same-game parlay for every game of the NBA Finals that we get. We're going to see if we can ride this together and win some money. We'll see if we can get the folks from DraftKings to put it up there. We know it's not football season, but we think with the power of teamwork, we can actually try and win ourselves some money on here. So, Dad, let's start with the picks here. Nuggets versus Heat. What do you got in how many games? So, I, I mean, I think the Nuggets are going to win. And I, I, I want to – I think it's going to be five, but I'm going to say six just – just to give Miami the, the 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 thought and the respect that I think they can knock off a couple of games. They've been monsters in game ones. So this one, I think, what, Denver's like an eight-and-a-half-point favorite uh, yep. in the game tonight. But Miami has been phenomenal in game ones, though Denver hasn't lost at home <laughs> this postseason. They're trying to be, I think, Golden State from a few years back that went undefeated in the postseason. So we'll, we'll see if they can do that. So I'll go, I'll go Nuggets in six, though I think it'll be five. All right, uh, I will actually go Nuggets in five here. I will fuel the Jimmy Butler propaganda machine in hopes that maybe that'll give us an even longer series. I'm fine ending up being wrong if it means we get more postseason basketball here. Brandon, do you have a pick? Yeah, I I really like Nuggets in seven, but I hate the everyone going for the same team. So I'm gonna go Heat in seven. Jimmy Butler's first championship. Heat that is seven. interesting. Heat winning the last game in Denver. Yeah. I'm Go trying Nuggets, to baby. think. <laughs> I'm trying to think now because we haven't given much credence to the idea. We talk so much about Joker, Jokic, who, listen, if he wins two time MVP, who's now an NBA champion, I think consensus best player in the league, then when we all agree if Jokic wins this, yeah. he's the best player yeah. in the NBA right now, right? I, so, I think I would agree with that. I think I would say that now. <laughs> I would yeah, say it now, I, but say. also, but also, if he wins, then there's the whole argument of did Joel and B really deserve this MVP? Should he have gone back to back to back? Which I think now that we're seeing him in the finals, it feels like he should have. 
Well, see, I still, I, I still think that doesn't really qualify in that argument because it's a regular season yep. award. You had Agreed. three guys yep. that played at an MVP level that I would have been comfortable getting the award. It shows, again, how dumb using the postseason retroactively yep. to legislate what is a clearly regular season award is with all these guys for anybody that wanted to try and use Jokic's lack of historic uh, postseason success against him in this argument. So I think that would be the silly part for him. But on the other side, now we get to see how high this climbs because for people that, that might have been a hang-up, now all of a sudden if Jokic goes out and has another monster season next year and he's holding a finals MVP and the Larry O'Brien, you're not really going to hesitate all that much to go and give him the respect that he's due in another MVP in the ways that we keep voting on him. So, Dad, then we get to start having the fun conversations about where he stands with big men all time. Well, listen, he's already going to go down, I think, as the greatest passing big man of all time. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I think you could almost say that right now, and the guy's got more years to play. So, you're, but you're right. At the end of it, you know, between assists, between scoring, between rebounds, averaging a triple double uh, this postseason, it will be interesting where he ends up in an era where the big man has changed. Right, that they're playing outside sure. a little more, and it's not the not the era that I come from where big men were in the paint. So it is different when you are comparing them. But I, as I said, I think right now he's all, all already the greatest passing uh, big man in the NBA, in NBA history. And I think he, if he won it this year, I think he would go into – I think that's the only thing about the MVP that would, would – going forward is he would be the favorite next year for whatever that means and for whatever that's worth. I, I 100% agree with you. You can't let the postseason get involved with what you see now and retroactively say, see, he should have won it the regular season. I have zero problem with Joel Embiid winning the MVP during the regular season. That's the award. But if Joker finishes this off, wins that uh, you know MVP, maybe even not. Maybe I, I guess if he loses it, maybe that would take some of the shine off it. I think he goes into next year as the finals, as the league MVP favorite going into the season. It would be weird because Giannis seemed to, after his championship win, kind of ascend and in most people's eyes, take that crown of best player in the league or the guy clearly in the conversation with whoever else you wanted to bring up for that. And it does feel like it'd probably be those two at the top of the heap right now, which again, speaks to what you described in how the NBA's five has changed over these years. But for Jimmy on the other side, if he were to win this, I already said earlier in the postseason, I think Jimmy Butler is going to end up being a guy with his jersey retired in Miami if he continues to stay there long term. And it seems like both sides have expressed interest in doing so. A championship would make that really easy. But Dad, you already stack up what he's done in three years in Miami, how he embodies heat culture. And I think that's a no-brainer. I love what he, 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 I heard him in an interview because years ago, remember he was with Chicago to start out and they had the big battle going on with Miami. And I remember in that interview, he had said way back when that, you know, he would never wear a Miami Heat jersey. And he said, I said that because I was playing with the Bulls then and we hated the Heat. You know, you have to have some kind of hate. I'm playing against Dwayne Wade, you know, and I have to dislike him on the court. Then all of a sudden he's playing with me in Chicago and I'm like, oh, he's really a good dude. So he's like, you never know how it's going to change because then he said at the end of that interview, uh, he said, now I don't see me wearing another jersey outside of the Miami Heat jersey. So it is interesting where he has gone because it seemed like he stalled a little bit, right? He came out of the gates, I mean, just 
you know, Jimmy Buckets, I mean, playoff Jimmy, I mean, everything he was doing. Then it seemed to like stall for a little bit when Boston was getting those three wins back before Jimmy started playing like like what we've seen. Uh, we started to wonder, okay, you know, he, he's been he's been playing great, but now are they going to be on the wrong side of history and, you know, lose after being up three zip? He was tired. Yeah, no, they're... He was. I mean, listen, it's the he Jimmy Butler exhausted meme from the bubble that he gave yeah, us. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's why I think this will be so special. I know I said I, I expect that the Denver Nuggets are so big and long that I can't imagine how yeah. they could lose this series. But that's what the Miami Heat have been giving us this entire playoff run is I don't know how they're here, but look at them. And I think that's what we might get uh, again with the Miami Heat. But there's something about Jimmy Butler that uh, at the end of the day, I feel like the Nuggets are knocking at the door and will get their chance to get back into these finals within the next three years. I don't know about this Miami Heat team, so it might be the moment for Jimmy Butler right now. Yeah, your point about Denver, too, definitely the BFS team, right? Bigger, faster, stronger when you look at yeah. this team across oh, yeah. the board. And so uh, that is going to be something that I think in general also adds to that exhaustion factor of just wearing you down with being that big, long, strong team all series long. Uh, speaking of teamwork, let's put together this same game parlay. Each of us are going to pick a leg for this game, and we're going to try and throw it up and win some money here. I'm going to go first, and I am going to give heed to the walking triple-double that is Nikola Jokic and say that Miami is going to try everything we've heard from them publicly is how they want to muck it up for Jokic. So I think that means him getting the ball around to plenty of his teammates. So I'm going to go Jokic over 9.5 assists this game. Dad, what do you got? Okay, good one. What I find interesting, too, is when we were talking about this uh, last night, you guys both said, yeah, we're going to do this same-game parlay, and Dad, you put up the money. So that that's that's been kind of the interesting thing to me is all of a sudden I'm the I'm the one putting up the money. You're rich. Well, I, that doesn't mean anyway. Three of us are doing this. How about we split it three ways? No. Well, three rich. of our bank accounts aren't the same, so you're gonna foot the bill on this one. All right, I'll Your foot the bill. Is- okay, my part. My part of this parlay is going to be because. While the Heat come out of the gate strong in game one, I get it. I, I think they're going to be behind in this one, and they love shooting the threes. And I'm, I'm going to go with the hot Caleb Martin, and I'm going to go over two and a half threes. That's the, the bet on there. Over two and a half threes for Caleb Martin is my part of the parlay. All right, so we've got Jokic over nine and a half assists, Caleb Martin over two and a half threes, who has looked like the second best player on this Miami Heat yep. team through this playoff run. has been sensational. Brandon, you got the third leg of this. What do we got? I got to go with Aaron Gordon over 12 and a half points. He averages 12.9 in the playoffs. Uh, he's not consistently a big scorer, but if he if he's feeling it from three, then, you know, he, he lets it fly. And obviously you said Nikola Jokic is going to be passing the ball a lot. I like another big man getting the points because as feisty as the Miami Heat are on defense, it's a bunch of guards taking advantage of big men putting the ball below their knees. And I just feel like Aaron Gordon's going to keep it, keep it up. And, you know, I'm saying 15 points, but I, I, I'll take the over. You know what? That is interesting, too, because he's probably going to be the one if Miami's going to try and sag off somebody and give help to Jokic. It's probably going to come from him. So he'll have open looks. And unfortunately for you, Brandon, the game I went to uh, in Los Angeles, game three of the Lakers series when it shifted back home, he was one of the guys that got hot from beyond the arc when he was given open looks. So 
All right, yeah. so that's a good third leg of this. So we've got Aaron Gordon over 12.5 points, Caleb Martin over 2.5 made threes, and Nikola Jokic over 9.5 assists. Go ahead and cash that ticket with us. We'll see if it wins us some money come tomorrow. Um, speaking of things that are going to make you feel good, though, Winning money's great. Steak is even better. And my friends, we got Father's Day coming up here in a few weeks. We're giving you plenty of time to plan for this. And the friends of ours that over at Omaha Steaks want to help you out with that because they have done a great job curating gift packages for dad. They're trying to make sure that you don't have to do all the worrying and freaking out about this. So all you got to do, Head over to omahasteaks.com and use promo code GOJO and check it out. You'll get $30 off your qualifying order at checkout when you use promo code GOJO. Packages include fork tender, bacon-wrapped filet mignons, other gourmet grillables like air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, burgers, jumbo franks, the whole lot. They got the meats. They got the beef. You're also going to want to stick around for dessert. Lord knows I always do. You can get four delicious (laughs) caramel apple tartlets that come with each order also. All of these hand-selected packages that are going to take the thinking off your plate and put the meat onto Dad's plate. Because we know Dad's want steak. Dad, can I confirm that? Dad's want steak. Brandon, you guys want steak? Dad's Dad's want steak. I'll take any kind of steak. If, if you a favorite, I'm going to say my filet mignon wrapped in bacon. That's my route. Ooh. I like I like a filet. I prefer Oscar style. But, uh, yes, I love, I love a steak. A lot, nice surf and turf. So so whatever it is, whatever cut you want and whatever version of father you want, whether he's your father, your father-in-law or a father figure, he's the guy that's always been ready to step up when you need it in the most. This Father's Day, show him the love with the only gift as unforgettable as he is, mouthwatering perfection of Omaha Steaks. From perfectly aged, oh-so-tender steaks to hand-selected gift packages, Omaha Steaks is going to make it easy to give dad what he really wants, steak. Order today and get $30 off with promo code GOJO, and every purchase is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee. Minimum order may be required. See site for details. And guys, while we're talking about things that are edible, monster news in the world of college football yesterday. The ground beneath our feet shifted yet again. For anyone that has missed this, I know we are still days out. We are under 100 days from the NFL season start. We got all the college football kickoff games getting announced by ESPN and CBS and NBC. And everyone's feeling great. But, Dad, I think the biggest news dropped yesterday. We got the Pop-Tarts oh, Bowl. W- yes, we do. The freaking Pop-Tarts Bowl. In a bowl game that's named, that sponsorship has changed so many times. Man, do I love this one. So, yeah, to, to give you the long-storied history of what was most recently the Cheez-It Bowl. It's played in Orlando, Florida. The previous sponsors of this game are as such. The Blockbuster Bowl, CarQuest, Micron, Mazda, Champ Sports, which proud Champ Sports Bowl alum here from 2011, Russell Athletic, Camping World, Cheez-It, and now Pop-Tarts. And Dad, I know a lot of purists out there who love bowl season, who love bowl mania, all these things might be a little worried. Mike, aren't you turning your back on Cheez-It, who for so long was a great friend to you, is someone that you love and cherish? No, no, no. We still have Cheez-It as the title sponsor of the Citrus Bowl. So we had two Cheez-Its and no Pop-Tart. Now we have one Cheez-It and one Pop-Tart. And I think the world is a better place for that, Dad. And I'm just going to throw it out there. Come on. Come on. Bring me back for this one. 
We can make this happen. We can be friends again. We can, I could be a friend to you guys. If there's a bowl game that involves a strange edible product that we can do some weird stuff with on air, I have, have I not proven myself capable of this? Have I not proven myself worthy? Yeah, but also, listen, putting mayonnaise on an on a Oreo cookie, yes, you have. You're nasty. Yeah, I, the, the high chlor- caloric items like mayonnaise are right up your alley. We know that Pop-Tarts usually are 400 calories per packet. And, you know, this really just coming home, home from Cheez-It to Pop-Tart, this is like marrying your mistress. You know, you're going to have a lot more fun over here. It, it, let me tell you, th- this, this Pop-Tart bowl, it, it, it has to be a never-ending eating Pop-Tarts once you get there, right? I mean, whether it's the regular size Pop-Tarts, whether it's the little mini Pop-Tarts. And, Mike, you're trying to get back in. Hell, you and I have called games together for ESPN. Maybe the both of us, we could do a two-game swing. We could do the Pop-Tart Bowl and the Cheez-It Bowl. You know, I mean, we're offering up our services for that. You know, if you know, I maybe as a as a package deal, we could go back. I hope I don't want to hurt your chances. You know, I have to find some people that like me there. You know, to help, but uh, we'll see. Pop tarts do come in packs of two, and people forget that very yes. often. And I think this could help us continue to kind of will into existence the things we want to see in this game because it is. And for anyone that forgets, it's an ACC team and sometimes Notre Dame and Big Twelve conference team not featured in the college football playoffs or its subsequent New Year's Six Bowl games. Last year, it was Florida State taking on Oklahoma. Florida State ended up winning 35-32 for its first bowl win since 2017, and it was a monster game. Ton of fun to watch, so it absolutely packs a wallop in this game. Dad, I think as a reward for all their hard-fought efforts during the season, each team should have a special flavor of Pop-Tart commission. You know how they do a lot of these. Well, you probably don't see this online, but they do a lot of mock flavors of Pop-Tarts that make their way to the internet. The uh, the Los Angeles Chargers famously did a special Pop-Tart box for every one of their opponents on the upcoming schedule this year. So I feel like whoever makes it should get their own pack of Pop-Tarts commission. Completely agree. All the way down to the team's logo on the wrapper. I mean, make it, make it special and make it nonstop. I remember I got in trouble one time with the Outback Bowl. I did the Outback Bowl one year. And up in the booth, they brought up a, a Bloomin' Onion. I'm pretty sure the Outback Bo- the Bloomin' Onion was at Outback Steakhouse. Oh, yeah. But they brought up brought up a Bloomin' Onion in the first half. And I was, I mean, they had us on camera a bunch, and I was eating it, dipping it in the sauce, eating it. And at halftime, one of the higher-ups at, at ESPN actually called me at halftime and said, um, you know, we, we could probably stop eating the Bloomin' Onion. I'm like, they're sponsoring the bowl. Who cares? I mean, am I ruining the game in the broadcast because I'm helping a sponsor out? I said, give me a break, man. Come on. Boy, I, I mean, I can't imagine the amount. Well, I've actually seen it quantified. I forget the numbers, but the amount of quote-unquote free advertising that we gave Dukes Mayo in that bowl game there, <laughs> they must have forgotten about me and Anish and Taylor during our bowl game because we did get we got no such call as we're hammer-timing different foods into Dukes Mayo throughout the entire broadcast. So thank you for crawling so that I could walk, Dad. Yeah, well, there you go. Father helping his son. 
Oh my God. It, we've got that announced the same day. The rest of college football um, week one begins Florida at Utah, the reverse of what we got last year as Utah went to the swamp and got bounced early in the season last year. We've also got LSU and Florida State facing off in the Camping World kickoff in Orlando, Florida, Sunday, September 3rd. Dad, looking at a lot of the opening slate, that one's a rematch of last year where we saw LSU undermined by a bunch of special teams mistake. Florida State ends up winning that game that game's going to have national title implications this year as Florida State I think by win total is the favorite to win the ACC this year and a lot of people coming off LSU's trip to uh, Atlanta in year one with Brian Kelly are expecting them to be a big player in the West yeah it, it is going to have implications and they always say if you're going to lose lose early and if you lose to a yeah. pretty good team you know that then that happens that works for you as the year goes on instead of losing late it's always tough, Mike, because we talk about the NFL where they have three preseason games. It used to be four preseason or whatever. You know, we're going to get down to two preseason games at some point where the starters play some. And then we always wonder how the beginning of the season is going to look, you know, if it takes a while to really find that. Well, in college, there's no preseason games. College, those first games, especially when you're, you're banging top teams against one another, that team that plays on that first week and by the time they play in week six or seven, could be a different team that that's a lot to put on and we love the opening games like that but man that could be tough because you're not sure what team you have that early in the season and that standalone game gets a lot of criticism because everyone's eyes are on it look no further than that lsu team i can't believe it's the camping world open and not the pop tarts open in that stadium shame on them Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. I'm embarrassed by how excited I am looking up and down these college football re schedule releases from the beginning of the season, the dates and times of these games, Dad. Like, you've lived this for a long time. You've lived long enough to see this go from being an afterthought, as it's mentioned, to now being pushed out to try and drive everyone towards these primetime games at the beginning of the season. But it is nice to know as we're getting into the summer months here, players are going to be heading back to campus soon for summer classes yep. and workouts that we're inching closer and closer to the start of football season as we come towards the end of the NBA and NHL postseasons here. Oh my God. I mean, listen, it's what we live for in the business we're in now, as soon as that NBA finals ended, which what the, if there's a game seven, I think it's June 17th. Uh, I believe it's, it's kind of downtime until camp start both NFL and college college gets going in August NFL, obviously in July, but man, you just, you're so hungry for it. I mean, what's the first thing everybody does after the Super Bowl is like, oh my God, you know, how many days now until football starts up again? Well, we're getting there. 
players are getting their last bit of rest as they go home after finishing their school year. As you said, they'll show up this month for their summer workouts and then get to camp, and, and here we go. I, I, I get so excited for it. I, I don't know how people can't. Uh, it's palpable. It's provocative and it gets the people going. We hope that's uh, what this, that, and the third does too as we finish off the show with three quick stories to get you on into the rest of your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review, and uh, let us know what you want to see and hear on this fine program. Dad, let's get to this. This one, you want to talk about getting excited for content. Everyone since the last dance has been trying and looking out for the next bit of sports-related nostalgia propaganda that's going to actually move audiences, and I think we might have it. HBO and Words Plus Pictures said in a statement on Wednesday that they are currently in production on a documentary documentary chronicling Barry Bonds and his historic career. Dad, pun fully intended, inject this right into my veins. I'm so excited for a new generation because I'm the steroid era generation, right? That was my young lifetime watching baseball was Barry Bonds, McGuire, Sosa, and all these guys juiced out of their gourd, mashing the skin off these baseballs. And I hope this is an opportunity to introduce Barry Bonds to a new generation that's only heard him discussed when we get to Hall of Fame voting time and he's inevitably left off the final ballot. Yeah, it, and, and listen, I have been on record as saying he should be in the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. You want to put a note in the Hall of Fame about a steroid era? Fine, but but don't tell me, you know, the two, two of the greatest players of all time should be kept out of the Hall. I completely disagree with that. They should be in the Hall of Fame. Hell, Barry Bonds had Hall of Fame stats before he went on, you know, all the, and you mentioned injecting in my veins. He obviously didn't seem to do much of that. It was all topical, uh, or at least that's what we'll see with the cream and the clear. The cream, the cream uh, and the clear, we'll baby. That should, be the, that should be the title yeah. of the documentary, by the way. It should be the that's cream exactly and the clear. exactly right. I agree. I am looking forward to it. As I said, before, you know, as people made jokes about his head getting bigger and his body changing, this guy already had a Hall of Fame career. Already had a Hall of Fame career. So, to me, it, it, it's even with it, it's ridiculous that he is not in the Hall of Fame. I can't stand that. I think it's stupid. But I'm looking forward to this. I still say, you know, when McGuire and Sosa had the home run battle that they had, and then it was found out, obviously, with the steroids that were going on, people are all like, oh, man, if I knew that then, I wouldn't have watched BS. BS on all you that says you wouldn't have watched Two guys that don't affect your life at all, hitting dingers, breaking into into shows, TV shows, when they're going to be at bat to see if they're going to knock one at the park. So, I'm sorry. I don't believe you when you say you wouldn't have watched if you knew that they were doing whatever they were doing that was illegal to hit those home runs being on steroids. I think you would have watched. I think the majority of people would have watched. Not to say I sit there and condone that. You broke the rules. You, you pay for it. But still, when I say break the rules and pay for it, you could still get voted in the Hall of Fame. There's no rule that says if you use steroids, you don't go into the Hall of Fame. So I put that one on the writers. I couldn't disagree more with that. Uh, it, was the, it was a home run show, man. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not uh, ha- have in any kind of friendship with these guys or, or anything that says, oh, man, I got to look away. I can't watch this. I was just watching home runs, and I loved it.
They sound like nerds and haters, all you baseball writers. Oh, um, let's get so to that, true. Dad. LSU this season has announced and showed on a video release yesterday that they're going to be wearing helmets with air-conditioned fans in them for all practices and games in 2023. The Louisiana-based company Tiger Air has reportedly produced these uh, devices that will be worn in the helmets. They have a five-hour battery lifespan before they need to be charged and last up to four years. I'm just waiting to see how these things survive that first hit because it's all fun and games having that fan word in your helmet until all of a sudden it's sticking in your ear. Well, that that's that's what I'm waiting for. Listen, I hope it works. I mean, how great would it be to put on a helmet and have air conditioning running through it, especially down in LSU or especially in the beginning of the season when we know it's hot in a lot of places? How great would that feel? You'd see everybody on the sideline with their helmets on. Nobody's taking their helmets off anymore. But you're right. You just... You're waiting for that other side of it, right? Because it's something new, so it's like we wait and see, man, I hope this works, but what if something goes wrong? It's, as you mentioned, a five-hour battery, the life, is there a fan in there? there? You would think there has to be or something blowing the air, obviously. So what? what is it? Can it break? Will it break? If it does, what are you doing then? So it, I, I think it's a great thing. Uh, I hope it works incredibly well, and I hope other teams end up doing it, and it works well, but... You always wonder with something new, what is the, the, the downside of it going to be? Uh, I, I It will change completely the relationship between player and helmet because normally you're just waiting to get that yeah. thing off. It's heavy, it's rip uncomfortable, it and it sucks. So yep. usually you rip it off. Here, everybody might be running to that thing. Sidelines getting a whole new look coming up for players in 2023. <laughs> Dad, let's get to the third, though. This one uh, was something you sent me out of a place of parental yep. concern yesterday. <laughs> as Insider put out an article reporting that for some Taylor Swift fans, they have recorded suffering from what they are calling concert amnesia, an inability to remember any of the events from the concerts that they have seen out of a heightened state of excitement. Ewan McNay, an associate professor of psychology at State University of New York, told Time Magazine that this state can happen anytime you're faced with a highly charged emotions and said your body is saying, hey, we're really stressed out running away from a bear or maybe watching Taylor Swift because you're jumping up and down, screaming and crying, could be confused with fight or flight. Dad, I can tell you, I remember everything from that concert, so apparently I'm just built different. Can I just ask, now you saw the, the, the show in Vegas, were you jumping up and down, screaming and crying? I didn't cry, actually, during the concert, but yes, tons of jumping, tons of screaming. My body was absolutely in fight or flight, but we were in fight mode, baby. We weren't going anybody. Those tickets were way too expensive to go anywhere else. I, I don't I don't understand the, the Taylor amnesia, as they're calling it. I, I, I was looking at this story, and I'm like, A, how is this a story? And B, how is this a thing? I mean, do people really walk out of that concert? I mean, what what are they considering the amnesia that... You forgot you were there or you forgot the song list that was played. I mean, I, I kind of don't understand this one. I almost think like this is a bit of a reach. Well, yeah, I think this is what happens when serious news people and scientists listen to the hyperbolic words of people drunk off emotion coming from these concerts and then take them at face value. Like, yeah, of course, walking out of a concert where you've been leading up to it for months of excitement freaking out with your friends probably drinking a little bit for some of us going into those situations well, that yeah it's going to be a little unclear because it's also three plus hours long it's impossible to remember that much of what goes on in that intricate of a show over that long a time 
I think this makes the most sense, the, that line that says, another explanation is that fans are flooding their brains with too many chemicals. Neurons yeah. then start firing indiscriminately, making it really hard to create new memories. You got, you got messed up in a concert, right? You either drank or took whatever you took, and you had a ball, and then you forgot it because you, you were too messed up. I mean, that makes more sense to me than just indiscriminately screaming and crying and walking out and saying, I don't remember anything. If you think this podcast was like flooding your brain with chemicals, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review, and leave us a five-star rating. Thanks so much. Enjoy game one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Boom. Money in the bank.